Well, it's great to see you all here today. It's an exciting day. God put something in my spirit probably nearly six months ago, and he's been stirring it up and stirring it up and, um, and speaking to me more about it over these past six months, and I'm excited to bring it to you today and to share what God is saying to us individually and as a church. Just for a moment, think about some of the best examples that you've seen in your life of God's creation. I'm sure that it might have been from your home or you've traveled somewhere. Just think about it for a moment. Maybe it was a, a stunning sunset. Or it could have been picture, you know, something with grand mountains, ice-capped mountains, snow-capped mountains. Or I'm sure many of you have been absolutely overwhelmed by the, the beauty of flowers and the color in flowers. Or maybe it's those clear reflections in, a, in still blue water. And of course, I think probably the most amazing example of God's creation is people. And... Th- I believe in people you see the creative genius of God in an amazing way. We've got people here this morning who are having babies and within them these babes are being formed by God. What a miracle is that? And you know at a certain time, uh, just exactly at a time that God ordains, something happens. This is just one little example of the whole process. You know, something comes and slits the eyelid open doesn't touch the eye but slits it so it's, it, it opens up. Isn't that amazing? That's just, you know, that's the minutest example of the creative genius of God. And yet, you know, I think there is even a picture that is more transforming and even more powerful than these ones that I've given you. And that's the picture of the church. The church is a creation of God. It was established and loved by Jesus Christ and is energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what it does? It brings life and hope into impossible situations. And it brings help to the needy. If it works the way that God designed for it to be worked, then what it does, it it, it will transform a life. It will transform a community, a city, and a nation. And you know the incredible part is that we, each of us, are a part of this dynamic, life-changing organism called the church. In fact, we are the church. Now, many people get mistaken, and I think Luke, in that opening um, AV presentation, really addressed this, in that people can mistakenly think that the church is a building, And, um, you know, we talk about churches around the city and we're often referring in our minds to a particular building. But the church is not a building. Um, I remember, I'm sure you do too, many of you, um, well over a year ago now, when we received news about the land that um, God miraculously provided for us to be able to build a church building. That was exciting, wasn't it? To receive that news and to know that God has a plan and he's purposed this plan. And this land is in an ideal place. It's going to be a place that's going to be difficult for people to ignore. And God has purposed this. But, you know, about six months ago, I began to think, 
it seems so slow. You know, we, we've, we've been working on it and thinking about it, but it just seems slow. And so I was praying to God one day and I said, God, you know, why can't we move on this faster? Why is it so slow? And he said really clearly to me, he said, Pam, before North Lakes builds a church building, I want you to learn how to be the church. God said, if you rise to this call to be the church, you're going to see greater things. Things that you can't even imagine yet. Because when I work in the way that I have designed through the church, my church, he's the head, we are the body, then I will do beyond and above what you can imagine. You know, if we are the church, then we're going to see North Lake's family members bringing friends and family to be a part of this community. Why would they do that? Because they love Jesus. He said, if they love me and they love people and they love life, they won't be able to resist inviting people to be a part of this. And if we are the church, we won't be able to resist saying to people, you don't want to miss out on this. Come and be a part of it. You don't want to miss out on this life-changing opportunity that's going to be, have an impact on your eternal destiny. We won't want people to miss out on what God has. It's not just about ticking a box and saying, I've done church today. I attended for an hour and a half and it's over. It's about being the church. And we cannot do this by ourselves. If we try, we'll run out. We'll run out of energy. And actually, if we try to do it by ourselves, we'll limit God. And what he's saying to us is, trust me to be God and allow me to work through you as you determine to be the church. I believe that people come to the church for healing. God says in his word, I am the Lord who heals you. And people are looking for healing of body, mind and spirit. And so in North Lakes this year, we're establishing a healing ministry. Everywhere Jesus went, people went to him and asked to be healed. And it's no different today. If we're going to be the church, we need to be the place where people can come and ask for healing. Or we, we, avail, you know, we make ourselves open to people so that they can, we can minister healing to them in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain. You know, there are people in our community who are wanting to know about faith. They're wanting to know what is this Christian faith. And they're wanting to explore this. And so the church, as the church, we need to be the place that can help them understand that and go on the journey with them. And so this year we're running Alpha courses. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to be able to build a relationship with people and help them on this journey to be able to understand who Jesus is and to explore faith. But once you've done that and you've accepted Christ, what then? Is that the end of it? Like we've, we've, we've journeyed with them in this discovery phase, but now what? What are we going to do now? People just come and sit in church on Sunday and that's the end of it? No, that's right. No. Hallelujah. The way, that we, the way that we grow together 
is by building relationships, strong, meaningful relationships where we seek out God together and we learn to understand who he is and how he works in our lives and that together we explore him, together we support one another, we pray for one another and we stand with one another during the difficult times. We pray for each other's family. That's how we support one another. And if the church grows as God intended it to grow, and then obviously we're not going to know everyone. But if we have groups that support us, then we can grow together and that's going to bring life and then those groups will grow and it will be phenomenal just as Jesus imagined it and wanted it to be. That's his picture of the church. And if we are to be the church, we need to have those life groups in our church doing life together. If we are to be the church, then it's not just about meeting our needs. We all have needs and we love them to be met, but it's more than that. It's actually about going beyond to meet the needs of others. And we can't meet the needs of people out there if we stay within these four walls. We're not going to be able to achieve that. We need to be mobilized into action where our hearts are moved by compassion for people in need, for the hurting, for the hungry, for the lonely, for the lost. Does your heart, is your heart moved by that? If we are the church, it will be, and we will not be able to hold back, but we'll want to go out and meet the needs of those people. If we are to be the church, then we need to support families. Family, the family is the foundation of our society. And if families crumble, society crumbles. And I believe as the church, we need to make sure that we are supporting families, marriages, and parents, that this needs to be a strong part of our church for families and parents in our own church, but also for people in the community. They need help. They need support. When our marriage breakdown rate is so great, then as the church, we need to stand strong and we need to say, let's take the love of Jesus and let them see how his love can transform their families. I believe that as the church, that the songs we sing here are to go beyond these four walls. You'll remember that God gave us a prophetic word about that well over a year ago. It's probably two years now. And God said about these songs going out. And this song that you heard this morning, Be the Light, that's an example of a song. It's, it's the word of God, but that's the sort of song that kids listen to. And it can go out and be listened to by young people, I believe, all over the world. It doesn't have to be just a church song. It's a song for the world. It's a song to know that in a dark world, there is light in the name of Jesus. And we declare it and we don't hold it back. So let's believe and pray that these songs that have been written from within this church go out and that they're going to make a difference to young people as they listen to truth. Instead of listening to the lies of the enemy and listen to darkness, they can listen to light and truth. Do you believe with me, church? Let's stand and believe for this. Let's not hold back. Come on, let's be eager and enthusiastic to embrace what God is saying to us. We're to be the church. We're to take things out and go and to make a difference. Now, of course, all of this that I'm talking about being the church, we can't do it in our own strength. We can only do it by his spirit. Does that ring a bell? 
For a year, God has been teaching us and challenging us, live by my spirit. And he's been preparing us so that as we step out to be the church, we're not doing it by ourselves. We're doing it by his spirit. We can't do it, church. We cannot do it ourselves. We will run out. It's like I am the vine and you are the branches. While you remain in me, you have the source of life. But as soon as you become separated from that, you will gradually run out of resource and you will wither and die. So we need to remain connected to him and we need to find that source of life and then share it with other people. So this first part of the vision is to be, be the church. Of course, we can't only do this on Sundays or here, but Jesus has given us, it's called the Great Commission because it's so important. Great because it is wonderful, but great because it's big and it's important. And Jesus said this, it's in Matthew, Matthew's Gospel. I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus do this? This is, the, this is a commission. This is a commission given to us as the church, as his disciples today. Why did he give it? He gave it because he knew that if we did this, it will fulfill his purpose for his church on this earth and his mission would be realized. Jesus said, go, go. And I believe that go is to me as an individual and to you as an individual. But I I also believe it's to us together. It's not just an individual call to go. If you think about what is your world? God is calling me to go into my world. And God is calling you to go into your world. And God is calling us to go into our world, and when we do that, we will reach the world. So in 2015, God gave us an idea, and we believe that he wants us to put these in, this into action. And he said, I want you to establish Go Missions. And these Go Missions will meet practical needs with the practical love of Jesus. And he's given us a number he wants us to establish, we believe, at least, 10 go missions. Now, I'm overwhelmed by God every day, but particularly in relation to this, because one particular go mission that was birthed very early in in the discussion phase of this was one called Street Safe Salvos, a place where we would go into town and we would help young people to stay safe while they're in town and then to keep them safe by maybe even helping to taking them home so they arrive home safely because we know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in town that's not that safe. And so I believe God is calling us as his church to go into the street and help kids to stay, stay, stay safe. Street safe salvos. And you know, even before I bring you this today, Already, God has got this off the ground in an amazing way. Already, he has provisioned this to happen. He's already provided 
like miraculously, I believe, funds to be able to do this and the resources already are in place. Hallelujah, that's right. And as well as that, of course, there's permission you've got to seek for this sort of thing. So you just can't go into the street and do it. We love to do that, but you can't just do that. Already, God has made the way by, um, a, you know, a council has been approached and they've said, absolutely, and can we partner with you in it? Hallelujah. Isn't that great? God is amazing. So there's other ideas. What about the elderly in our community? How can we look after them? How can we minister to them? And support them. We need to go out. We need to mow lawns. We need to do things that will help them so that they can feel, you know, encouraged and loved and secure in where they're at. Maybe um, children. We think about children. And uh, already Epic had started a homework club, but this is being empowered to to become um, more effective and Breakfast clubs in schools, these are ideas where we could have people go into the school where kids come to school not having eaten and provide something for them to eat before they begin the day because we know they can't learn if they haven't had food. And so I believe God is calling us to be the church and to provide this for children in our society. There are some of these in some schools, but there's a lot of schools that don't have it. And so we need to be ready. We need to go back to the skate parks and we need to... Find young people there and connect with them and love them and provide for them. Look, these are just some of the ideas because I believe what's going to happen now is that God is going to stir up in you ideas. And we're open. You can see there's not 10 there yet. But God is going to stir up in you ideas about how we can go as a church to make a difference in our community, in our city. So I'm challenging you this morning. Let's be the church by being a part of a GO mission. Are you up for it? Hallelujah. Now, Jesus commissioned us to go, but that wasn't all he commissioned us to do. He also commissioned us to make. Now, that is not just about giving out 52 cards, although I want to say to you that's really important, and how important we believe it is, we've got a lot more printed. So, out at the front desk, take some more 52 cards and Get your your stock ready for this year and keep giving out invitations. Invite people to come. But that's not making. That's the first step of making, but it's not enough. If we are to be the church, we need to make disciples. And I believe that to make disciples, that means people who have been um, accepted Christ as saviour and realised that he's has, can change our lives and make a difference. And not only that, then help them to become Christ followers. So it's people who accept Christ become Christ followers. So I believe God is calling us around a number. Now you could say, Pam, God's not that interested in numbers. And I agree with you. But we have goals. And if, you know, in a game, if we don't have a goal, then we don't know who's going to win. And so God has given us a goal of 100 100 people who would accept Christ and become Christ followers this year. Now, you could be sitting there and thinking, Pam, that's just ridiculous. That's so big. How can you get 100 new people? Well, remember, it's not about us. It's about him by his spirit. And if we have the faith 
to believe. Do you want to believe for lost people to get saved? Do you want to believe for hurting people to find healing? Then we need to believe for this because a hundred's too few, I think. But the other thing about it is that, you know, in God's word, I believe he is actually about numbers because he says that he wants every one, every one. So God's not about like crowds. God's about individuals. And he wants every one to come to him. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And so I believe that this is about 100 ones coming to know Jesus, loving him and following him. And so that's why we've got Alpha. Already we've got people eager to learn about Jesus and the difference he makes in our lives. Life groups. Why not be a part of one this year? If you haven't before, we're doing it in a way that's pretty easy. We're just saying six weeks, six sessions across three months. Just come together for six sessions. If you like that, keep going. If you don't, then all right, you've had a go. If you do like it, but you still have, you haven't got a lot of time, then we'll do it again later in the year for six sessions, all right? Six sessions isn't too much across three months. And so become a part of one of those. Or maybe God is saying to you, you know, you could come alongside one person and mentor them and support them, pray for them and meet with them, encourage them. Because we've got a lot of people here who need that. And we'll have new people that will come that will need that. So maybe God's calling you to be a mentor to help people to become disciples. So in 2015... Going to church, coming to church is still a priority because this is how we learn. This is how we grow in Jesus. But also being the church is the greatest priority of all. And that means that we're going to love people and that people will feel included in our family. This morning when we were praying before this service, Dad had written this down and Max, and he'd, I want to share it with you and I believe this is the truth. When you add the supernatural power of the resurrected Christ to a people unified to his purpose and to one another, nothing they purpose to do will be impossible. That's what we need to do, church. We need to add the supernatural power of the resurrected Christ to a body of people unified who love him and love one another. And then what he is asking us, what he is calling us to do to be the church will not be impossible. So in 2015, let's be the church. Let's go and make disciples so that the picture God has given us, what he's stirring up within us is not just something that we talk about, but it becomes a living reality here at North Lakes. God bless you. Good morning. Um, Pam just spoke to us about the first part of our vision of be, go, make. And the scripture says in Matthew, it says that go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But right before that line, Jesus says something else. It says, Jesus approached and breaking the silence, said to them, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and earth has been given to me. There's something key that he puts before the mission that he about puts before them. And about 12 chapters before that, in Matthew 16, verses 9, he says, And that is not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. 
keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth and earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven. God has given us incredible authority upon the earth. Right before he says this mission, go and make disciples, he says, I give you the authority to go and do it. And we might hear this vision that uh, Pam just said, and 10 go missions, 100 new disciples, lots of things we're going to be going out and doing, and it might just seem like an overwhelming vision, an overwhelming thing to be the church. Have have people not been trying to be the church for 2,000 years? Why us? Why now? But God has been calling his people for thousands of years to represent Christ upon the earth as his church, but to do it with power. It is one thing to live by his spirit that's been given to us. It's another thing to be led by the spirit that's been given to us into the power that has been given to us also. That we would operate out of, out of, out of a realm of power rather than retreat. That we would not be a church who looks around at the world and just thinks, how horrible is the world? Would you rescue us now, God? Just come and take us all. But I believe as the church begins to see who she really is, she never wants to be rescued again because she knows that her job is to rescue dying souls. And God has given us the power to go and make And you might be thinking, well, what are these keys? Ian has given me some old keys. The keys to the kingdom that Jesus was talking about. If we want to understand this, we actually have to go right back to the start, right back to Genesis. And we find in Genesis 1.27, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, the cattle and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them like God. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created male and female, blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. God put in charge this incredible earth into Adam and Eve's hands. And in Psalm 115, verses 16, it says, The heavens were made for God, but the earth was made for man. And he said, I, have, I own this earth, but I give all authority to you. you. You run it. The first CEOs of the world were Adam and Eve, and they had all dominion over the whole world. And then something happened. The keys of authority that they had. When, when Eve listened and was intrigued by the voice of the serpent and gave in to sin and decided to obey the enemy rather than the father, something changed in the dominion of humankind. See, in Romans 6.16, it says, we are slaves to whom we obey. When you talk about slaves, slaves in this time didn't own possessions. Whatever they owned was the slave's master's. Whatever they had and whatever they brought to the table, it was no longer theirs. It was the slave masters. And so when Adam and Eve took and decided to obey the enemy rather than the father, they said, here you go. Here's what we have. 
And the, and the enemy has ruled and reigned over the earth ever since. They gave the authority that, that God had given them over to the enemy. And then the Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, God set a rescue plan in place. He said, Jesus Christ will go to that earth. He will rescue my people back. He said, he will take the authority and the keys that they have handed to the devil will conquer sin forever through the blood of Jesus Christ and restore authority back to his people. And so Jesus would come as a man and received what we deserved. So we would be qualified to receive what he deserved. All authority, all power. We need to become conscious of the power that we have. So for thousands of years, the devil had the keys. And then one day, the Messiah that the whole Old Testament had foretold about, the little baby that every prophet pointed towards was born. The rescue plan arrived on earth. And for 33 years, he walked this earth as a man. And he performed every miracle he did as a man, not as God. He set an example for us what it's like to be a human being totally yielded to the Father. And then in Luke 4, we see the moment after Jesus is baptized and and the heavens open up and it says, this is my beloved son. And he goes into the wilderness to do his 40-day fast to start his ministry. We see the devil comes along for a chat. And he says, for the second test, he led him up and spread out all the kingdoms of the earth on display at once. And the devil said, they're yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them, but I can turn them over to whoever I wish. Worship me and they're yours. The whole works. The devil was going, if you bow down to me, I'll give you what you want. Why was the devil kicked out of heaven? He wanted people to worship him like they worship God. And he's saying, if you give me what I want, what I've always wanted, I'll give you what you came for. The nations, the authority of earth again. But Jesus refused to do it through compromise. Rather, he chose to be crucified, die, go down to hell and rise again. But when he rose this time, he came with an object. And it definitely wasn't this. It was way better, I'm sure. But he rose with the keys of authority that were handed over in the garden. He bought back with his blood and he, and he rocked up to his disciples and said, I found your keys. Have you guys been looking for these for a couple thousand years? The best thing that I hear when I lose my keys is Luke go, found them. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> But he, he, he goes in Matthew 28, all authority, all power, all rule has been given to me. Go and make disciples. Jesus says, I've got the keys back. I've got authority over the planet. Now let's get back to plan A. Let's get back to plan A. And plan A is obviously now with a whole world of souls looking for truth is to save souls but it is also to restore 
the cities and the nations back to a rule under a sovereign and grace-filled and loving God. When they gave the keys over in the garden, that's where sin entered. That's where disease, torment, sickness, heartache, depression, any kind of oppression that we could think of, that's where it entered the world. And now that we've been given the keys, it is our privilege and assignment to go and reverse the effects of sin in the world by taking the power and the love of Jesus Christ back to them. We are called to be the church, not a little club that meets on Sundays. We are called to go out and heal the sick, set captives free, bring freedom to prisoners, bring comfort to orphans. We are called to be the church. This is called the Great Commission. It's not our mission. We're on a co-mission with Jesus. We co-pilot this mission with him. We're co-missioned to bring Jesus to the whole earth. And he's given us the power, the keys of the authority. It says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. We need to, as a church, become conscious of a God who invades the impossible. Or we will reduce this vision to our talents. What can you do? Oh, you're musical, you do this. Oh, you speak good, you do that. Oh, you can car park attendant, you do that. It is not based on our talents. This vision is never, it is not and never will be based on what we can do. It is only based on what Jesus has done and what we must do in response. We can no longer sit around and think it's okay that a a whole generation dies without knowing the love of Jesus Christ. We must be compelled by what Jesus has done. It is our mission to bring freedom to those caught in sin. If we're truly his church, people should experience true freedom because we lived. Do people experience freedom because you live? Because you're commissioned with Christ? Because you walk in the authority he's given you? Or can you walk past completely bound people and they never know that the answer walk past them. We need to go into the world. Within us, because of Christ, we have the power to do everything Christ did. He said, you'll do everything I did and more. Whether it's greater things or just in more, in, in more people to do it, I don't, I don't care. I want to do what Jesus said I can do. If he said I can heal the sick, I want to be able to do that. If he said I can raise the dead, I want to be able to do that. If he said I can bring hope in hopeless situations, I want to be able to do that. Because I'm on a mission and we are on a mission, church, to be the church in the world. And if we don't realise the power that we hold... We run the risk of going and never making a difference. We'll just be those Christians that talk about Jesus. No one ever sees the power. We cannot go and make without the keys of the kingdom. You'll have complete access, free to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. People should experience freedom 
because North Lakes was around. People should experience freedom, true freedom, because you lived and Jesus lived in you. That is the power we have been given. We need to take it. We cannot keep the keys in our pocket and not use them. We've been trusted. We have all access to what he has given us. It's up to us. Jesus' blood dealt with the sin thing. That's fine. The next issue is how much power are you willing to walk in? Are you willing to pick up the keys? And as some of the worship team come, we actually have keys here. Also, not the ones Jesus got. But it says, be the church. And it is the most simple reminder. There are three keys on here. Be the church. Go and make. And I'd love if we could stand this morning, church. We have heard a great mission and we believe it is directly from the heart of God. And even if you don't, you can look at the Bible and it was directly from the mouth of Jesus. So it's not us bringing you this mission, it's Jesus bringing you the mission. Will you co-mission with me? Will you be the church with me? Will freedom reign in this city because you're on mission with me, church? And these keys, the keys that Jesus came up from hell with held power over death and anything that sin brought into the world. So this morning, I have an invitation. Not just for those who are Christians, but the keys that He gave triumph all sin. The keys that He gave brings salvation and brings freedom. So I've got an invitation here that if you would like to, as, a, as just... As a representation of God, I, I hear the mission and it's yes and amen in my heart. I'm going to pick up the keys and for the next month, we're actually going to learn about what those keys are and how we can use them. But I would love if you would come in an act of surrender to Jesus Christ and thankfulness for what He did. Say, all right, I'll do it. I'll pick it up. I will go. I will make. So if that's you today, if God's pulling on your heart, whether, you, whether this is your first time in church or you've been here for 15 years, this is for you. Christ died for all of us. I would love it if you would come and pick up your keys in an act of surrender to Jesus Christ.